Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Once a week, I have lunch at Commander's Palace and invite guests from the world of New Orleans business to join me. New Orleans is a city of unique traditions. Annual traditions like Mardi Gras and Jazz Fest are what the rest of the world sees, but living here, there are smaller ways of life that may seem trivial to an outsider, but are steeped with significance to us. One of those traditions is our weekly devotion to red beans and rice. Whether or not you actually have red beans and rice every Monday, and it is amazing how many people do, If you're from New Orleans and you grew up with that Monday ritual, and if you've moved here, you quickly find out about it. But red beans and rice don't magically appear on the plate. Somebody's got to grow the rice and beans to get them to market, and that's exactly what my guests at lunch today do. Conley Hayward is the fourth generation of his family to make red beans. Conley is the president of L.H. Hayward and Company, who make Camellia brand red beans, and Nina Camacho is the national events director at Jasmine Rice. Nina Conley, thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. This is great to get the the ultimate tradition at our table right here. Conley, you grew up in a family of beans. That's a strange thing to say, but (laughs) 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 was there ever any doubt in your mind that you were going to end up as president of Camellia? And tell us a little bit about what Camellia does. Do you grow beans or do you buy them or package them? How does it all work? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We... uh, we don't actually own any farms, but we work directly with the farmers and we have our own Hayward quality, Camellia quality of bean that, that we have grown for us specifically. And where are these farms? Uh? They are in Colorado, Nebraska, Michigan, a few up in Canada, sometimes New York, just kind of all over in drier climates. Cause if you try to grow the beans here, they never really dry out and they just turn into a moldy mess. Yes. I wouldn't have known that. But uh, most people don't. No, that's uh, a. <laughs> now, Nina, uh, uh, Jasmine Rice is spelled J A Z Z M E N, and that's a local take on jasmine, a strain of rice. The jazz version was developed by the LSU Ag Center. Before you walk us through the history of how the company got started, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you do. What is the national events director at a rice company? It is an ever-evolving position. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I basically am the brand manager for their retail and ins- institutional markets. So I go and I get people to try our rice, from chefs to I do demos in groceries, wherever we can to spread the word about our rice, our Louisiana rice. And I know you know the chef here, so this is one I of do. your places. I do. I'm hoping Chef Tori will be able to come by and say hello to us. Well, that is great. Now, you mentioned uh, we th- everybody here thinks it on the retail thinks of it on the retail level, but institutionally, how do you make those connections? Uh, well, the first thing is to know the chef because the chef really makes a decision on the rice. And we have such a, a, 
a great rice that, you know, the first thing I ever wanted to do was get a chef to try my rice and like it. <laughs> that was actually a wish of mine. It's like, you know, if I can get a chef to try a product that I have that's a premium product to begin with, that, then that says a lot when the chef uses it in their restaurant and, and tells everybody else about it, too. And earlier we were talking, and, and you're a connoisseur of rice, and, uh, and we were talking about your rice being a jasmine rice and having nutty and flowery. It almost sounds like you were describing a wine there for a while. Uh, so that's the kind of rice you have. What, is, um, what are the other kinds of rices? I mean, there are, there are all kinds of other rice. There is a basmati from India. There's a Thai jasmine rice that, that's all in Thailand. But we want to focus on Louisiana because Louisiana needs something now, don't you think, with all those other happenings that have happened way back right, in 2005. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. That was pretty. So um, our, our owners of jasmine rice wanted to be rice farmers in the very beginning. So they went to the LSU Ag Center, and the Ag Center said, well, we have farmers that can grow a jasmine variety. We just need somebody to market it. And that's what jasmine rice does. Why? And where, where is the rice grown? It's all in Crowley. We have over 10,000 acres of rice grown in the, that, you know, that area. And then where, now, where do you distribute it to? Is it, is it all consumed here in the Bayou State? or Well, yes, it, it is, but we're all over the United States. We're even in China. We're even in Hong well, Kong, so you have, in Australia. You are selling rice to China. Yes, we are. This is, that's the greatest <laughs> story in business history. That is, a, <laughs> wow, that, that, is, that is terrific. They, now, what, um, and I remember uh, with the students at Tuline, we used to follow one of the rice companies, and one of the fascinating things I learned was that rice is, is eaten a great deal along the edges of the United States, but not in the middle of the United States. Is that, is that still true? Well, that's that's quite different because Arkansas is the number one rice-producing state in okay. the United States, and then California, and then Louisiana. So that's. But know. if you went to somebody's home in Nebraska, you probably yeah, would not get served rice. Yeah, it would be more rice. potatoes. Yeah. But you know, there is a saying that we do say: um, eat rice because potatoes make your butt big. Oh, that's a little bumper sticker. That we is have. a nice bumper so, sticker. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I just want to warn everyone. That so is you have great. To eat rice. If you know, if <laughs> you don't want the big butt. Yeah. That yeah, is uh, that yeah. is really a, a jingle. <laughs> I think this thing's really going to go. I really do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Conley, you grew up in uh, in this business and such. What's happened uh, um, since you've taken over at the helm? I mean, uh, you know, I know this. All businesses change, even though this is a steady, traditional business. What are some of the things you've had to face? Well, Katrina caused a lot of change in our business. Before Katrina, we used the same packaging machinery since the late 1940s. It was, shall we say, historic. <laughs> we couldn't find a mechanic to work on, except for the guy who'd been working with us for 50 years was the only guy who could ever work on the machine. So after Katrina, we were forced to innovate. I went to several packaging shows and talked to a lot of people in the industry and found some modern packaging machinery and we have a whole new modern packaging line which in 2004 you would have never ever guessed that that's where we'd be because we always had these machines we're all going to use them because they the only machine that could make our bag. And then now you and when we talked to Nina we talked about how there was a retail component and institutional component is there an institutional component to your side of the business Yeah we have a a large 25 pound bag that we sell to the institutional suppliers people that supply Commander's Palace and other places Yeah Wow there's uh, mama that's 25 pounds of beans that's a lot of beans Some restaurants will cook 25 pounds of beans on a Monday morning 
Wow. There's a, and, more. and that's not enough. They usually sell out of it, too, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. What, is the, what is the actual tradition of Monday? Why Monday in red beans and rice? It was always because they always did their wash on a Monday. That's right. And the kind of thing you could wash get started it. and let it cook while you were... Uh, Mm-hmm. Getting together because you dirtied your clothes on the weekend, I guess. Was that the? That was the. Uh, that was After whining and carousing and all that <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> now, what do you? Um, you know, I was just we were thinking about earlier. Um, uh, Grant Morris, the producer, and I last year joined that locavore movement. We eat only local, locally produced foods for a while. And you said you were actually going to uh, do something. We are a participant and a sponsor of the NOLA locavores. Yes. So we think we can get through. Is it a month you have to get through? It's a month you have to get through all products and things raised in within a 200-mile radius, if you want to be that strict. Wow. All right. We're going to see how this goes for us. They, uh, <laughs> and you've been in business. No, it's okay. We're 187 miles. You can eat as much rice as you'd like. Oh, that's great. You just made the, made the cutoff. <laughs> we made the cutoff. If there was rice in Lake Charles, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be doomed. But uh, <laughs> that is a... So you know, you've been around since... Uh, it was after the storm, right? Yes, 2009. We've oh. been here since 2009. Let me ask you both a question. I mean, what running a business of this size takes a lot of effort, a lot of ingenuity. What, I'll ask you in individually, uh, Conley, what, what keeps you up at night? Oh, the question. <laughs> the question, what keeps me up at night? Changing dietary habits in the United States. Uh, you know, we are more and more becoming health conscious, but our diet's not shifting to that. And that is creating problems beyond what my business is. That's, that's one of the things that really keeps me up at night. Well, and I that, agree. Yeah, and you, same, agree. same situation for you. Trying that, to get people to eat healthier, less processed foods, that, that is. Yeah. Getting, the, getting the word out there that we have a product that's right here that you can be just as healthy and it's just as tasty as anything else that you can buy at the store in a package in plastic. And with, with beans and rice, you get, they're a perfect complement. You get a perfectly balanced protein with beans and rice. Yes. What, what do you get? How, how would you explain starch. that? You've got proteins and starches. Proteins and starches. Proteins and starches. The beans have a certain set of proteins, and rice has a certain set of proteins. They're both incomplete. When you put them together, you get a complete protein profile. And also, the, the starch in rice is readily absorbable to give you energy quickly. But it's not, it's not nearly like white bread is or anything. And so, so rice has a good stable release. And beans are highly complex, and they have a much longer release. So you get good energy from rice to sustain you over the next couple hours, and you get good energy from beans to sustain you for the rest of the day. And you can even make it even more healthy by using brown rice with the beans. And Jasmine has a brown rice. One. Anybody from your family's ever intermarry or anything? This would be really great, the whole <laughs> red beans and rice uh, thing. They, now, when you're not eating red beans and rice, or if you're on the road, where do you guys like to go to vacation? Where do you, where do you go, Conley? Oh, my wife and I, we're beach people. We're beach and roller coaster people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the other extremes. Uh, we just, we love the Gulf Coast. Uh, we love the Caribbean. And for my wife's 40th birthday, I took on a surprise trip to uh, Sandusky, Ohio. Cedar oh, a f- Point Amusement Park. That's a famous park. roller coaster, oh, wow. right? I didn't even tell her where she was going. <laughs> wow. I just said, pack your bags, and I kept the tickets, and I made all the arrangements and took her, and she was one of the greatest trips of her life. We had a blast. And nobody would have guessed that. I mean, that's not the, a town you hear all the time on the, uh, on no. the travel channel. As we're, as we're driving through the Ohio countryside, you know, we're landing in Cleveland. <laughs> my wife says, okay, you're not taking me to a beach, so what is out here in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> Are we going to some amusement park? And I was like, you know, as we turn ding, the ding, corner ding. and we see a 300-foot <laughs> roller coaster, it's like, uh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, what do you do? Do you do anything as daring as that? You're probably a extreme daring sport person. Daring is that. My kids do all that. 
My kids, I let them do all of that. Where, where, where would you like to I'm go? I'm such a foodie. I go all wherever they have really good food. Where do they I, I was, I was just in the Pacific Northwest area in. Um, the food truck business is actually pretty interesting in Portland and Seattle, and we'd really like to grow it here in New Orleans, We had too. some guests a few weeks ago about this. Does it have a, uh, apparently there's been some restrictions government-wise and, and such. Are they going to get, get through that? I think that's silly. The restrictions are silly because they have completely different... Uh, completely different mantra from whatever uh, they have in the, in a restaurant, in a, in a standalone restaurant. So I, I think it, all they need is a space like Lafayette Square or something where they have just food trucks and people go there for lunch and we're not going to eat the same thing every day, so everyone's going to have a nice What if you guys park next to each other, the rice truck and the and the bean truck? That would be well, so that would great. Be great. Oh yeah. man, that's can we like hire him to be our marketing guy? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Just <laughs> for both of us. That I mean, he could just be our marketing. Well, I guy. like what Nina did for marketing before. You said you you're involved in what was the term? It was is visual merchandising, which is like mannequins and things mannequins like that. Mannequins and construction within the retail environment. Wow, see, I wouldn't have got all that. There's uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Now, you've answered a lot of questions that I've been wanting to, to know about, but I think it's time to check the inbox. Uh, our producer picks a question that comes uh, in from a listener. And, uh, Grant, what do you have this week for two people that know a lot about a subject here? This is great. Peter, I got a few questions in to our email account. This one I chose from Louis Veldosta, who says, if I can read this, more local products are showing up on the shelves of big box stores like Winn-Dixie and Whole Foods but the prices seem to be the same as major brands. Should local products be cheaper, A, because they're local, and B, to encourage people to buy them? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, all of the above. C. See all of the above. <laughs> now, so how should we break that down? Now, I guess they're talking about some of the big box stores like Walmart and, and, and all of that. Um, so what, you see these, the local products, but you want to know if they're... I think what this guy is asking is, if there's a local product on the shelf and it's only come from Harahan or Crowley, shouldn't it be cheaper than something that's come from across the country on the shelf next to it? There's a lot more that goes into the price of a product on a shelf than just the transportation. Although that can be a significant cost, but there are many, many other things. The packaging process costs the same no matter where you're packaging. The farming process pretty much costs the same no matter where you're, oh, you're, you're farming. So there are a lot more things that go in than just having the product uh, produced or grown locally. A lot of other factors go into, into the cost. And I'm, I'm sure with Connolly as well, we pay our farmers a premium to grow our rice because we want a specific uh, grade for our rice and there's no other farm. We have to handpick our farmers to grow the jasmine rice the jasmine variety so and I, i'm sure yeah. you do that yeah, we, with we your farmers the same thing. As well. yeah yeah you want quality you got to pay for quality right and that's what comes through with our price so we try to keep it low so everyone can get it but you know the, we want our quality to be first rate all the way through whether it's in a walmart or a, a whole foods but i think there is a real buy local movement right i mean oh, if yes. i saw the the national brand versus the local brand and they were comparable i'd go with the local one wouldn't wouldn't you i think there's a We'll have to, you know, and, I, and I, I don't know if all of our listeners know the magic part of rice, that it's such an amazing crop, right? Because in South Louisiana, you grow crawfish there half the year, and then you harvest the crawfish, and then you grow the rice, or is it the other way around, or how does that work? The it's, a, it's a rotating crop. During the, uh, the winter months when we have our second crop of rice, they also grow the crawfish at that time because the crawfish feed off of the rice, and also ducks. So ducks have a great time with our, with our crops as well. 
So, and then when the crawfish season is almost over, like around now, um, we're already growing the rice, the first crop of our regular rice from March to August. And um, that's, we start rotating the crop over again. Well, and how do you get the, um, the rice, how do you plant the rice? Is it by airplane? Um, yes. <laughs> do you do that part too? Because I don't I know what the national to. events person does. That's what I'm <laughs> concerned. <laughs> I've been in the combine when they've, when they've had the, uh, the rice uh, harvested. It's, it's very cool. It's, uh, it's a, an interesting process. Yeah, it's a very interesting <laughs> process. And the far all the farmer has to do is just check. It's, it's like a whole console of, uh, of gadgets, yeah, <laughs> for this, lack of this, a better word, know, because all you do is watch it. Tractor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's all done by satellite, and too. And for you, finally, not your grandfather's packaging machine. Which is yeah. good. We've, things, yeah. are, things have really picked up. That is great. You know, if you have a question or a comment, drop it in the Out to Lunch inbox at outtolunch at itsneworleans.com or tweet us on Twitter. We're at It's New Orleans. Uh, this is the, the lunch money part of this, this show that we'd like to, like to talk about. Um, we have created a lunch money out to lunch stock portfolio by asking our guests what stocks they would recommend uh, over the next, uh, uh, next time period here. Uh, and and trying to get people to uh, get, a, get a feel for it. After all, these are some of the best business minds in the city. We're building a portfolio of stocks chosen each week by our guests. Conley, which stock do you think listeners ought to start to look at here? Um, there's a company called New Skin Enterprises, and the symbol is NUS. They are in the multi-level marketing sector, and they now are- multi-level, is that what I think of like an Amway kind yeah, of? Yeah, okay, kind, yep. kind, kind of like, like Amway. And they are going through a growth spurt similar to what Amway went through uh, 15 years ago. And their stock has been steadily moving up, and there's a lot of upward potential, because the company's still gonna has a potential to double its revenue within the next five, seven years. Well, and what kind of products are these? These are- They have uh, nutritional products, anti-aging for inside, and they have skincare products, anti-aging for outside. Because you're a great example, because I mean, you know, you look 20. And I know it's radio, so people don't know this, but uh, you're, <laughs> you look great. You're, uh, the, so, that, so that's an interesting stock. Trades, I guess, on the New York Stock Exchange uh, yeah. in U.S. The, uh, yeah. Well, that's great. And then, uh, Nina, what, what do you want to pick for your stock? Well, they call me the rice lady because I specialize in rice, and uh, but I know nothing about stocks. Can you pick something for me? Wow, so, so I'll pick one for you? Yes, please. Oh, this will be great. The, you know what? Um, I will come up with something right now. Here we go. There's uh, the, How about a, well, a food stock? I think one of them is kind of interesting Is uh, uh, at this point is the... the the consumer's getting to feel a little bit more confident. I think those people, the restaurant's going to do a little bit better. And I thought one of the stocks we might want to look at here is, uh, is Sonic. Uh, Sonic is the company that, you know, has all the drive-ups and those drive-throughs, and I really like them myself. And they always have a very innovative uh, menu and those really strange, geeky commercials. So um, it's a uh, S-O- I like Sonic. Yeah, it's a great choice. There we great go. Choice. All right, so Nina's going to agree with us. It's a great choice. S-O-N-C. It trades at about $8 a share, and it trades on the uh, on the NASDAQ. So uh, I don't know if they have rice in any of those products or not, but if not, they should. They that's, should, that's yes. what they That's what they <laughs> should do. And, and the stock I'll recommend this week is uh, is a company, you know, the, we've been talking a little bit about how natural gas prices have been just horrible. Uh, now, that's probably good for anybody who's in manufacturing and such, but if you're a natural gas uh, producer, you're having an awful tough time. Uh, prices were at $15 a thousand cubic feet a few years ago. Now it's $2.50, um, and the stocks have fallen accordingly. Uh, one stock that the students follow is called RPC. They're out of Atlanta. They're, they're a natural gas services company, so they help people get natural gas out of the ground. Well, there's too much natural gas out there right now. Business is really slacked off. 
But this is a cyclical business. It will come back, and um, stock is down to uh, single digits in here. So that's, that ticker symbol is RES, trades on the New York Stock Exchange, and uh, maybe for the, the patient people. You're, you're young, Nina. This, this will all work out oh, for yeah, you. So yes, they, uh, these are not for people that are, <laughs> you know, these are the green bananas of the, uh, of the stock, stock business here. Conley, uh, Hayward, Nina Camacho, nothing goes better together than red beans and rice, and uh, it's great to have met both of you uh, today. Thank you for being our guests and joining me on Out to Lunch today. Thank you for having us. And uh, you, go well, you go well together. I mean, as people, not just as products. I think, I think that's good. To, it would be bad if the rice guy didn't like the beans guy and stuff like that. Yeah, the, no, uh, yeah that, would, that wouldn't work out too well. No, no, there's, uh, rumors would fly. The, my, my, my guests today on Out to Lunch have been Connolly Hayward, president of L.H. Hayward and Company, who have been making Camellia brand beans, peas, and lentils since 1923. And up until now, we're using the same packaging machine for a while. There's uh, they, And the national sales director of Jasmine Rice, Nina Camacho, who signs her emails, have a rice day. It is. That it's is always a rice day. And when I came in here today, you were noted as the rice lady. Yes. That <laughs> is, that's getting into your job. I like that. There's a... I don't know, I gotta get a nickname. To find out more <laughs> about Jasmine Rice <laughs> or Camellia Beans, uh, including where you can find these products, follow the links on our website, itsneworleans.com and www.no.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our web designer and digital guru is Cliff Brigden. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City Commerce by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook, and you can get in touch with us by email at outtolunch at itsneworleans.com or tweet us, we're Out to Lunch NOLA. To listen to past shows or get this show as a podcast, go to www.no.org or itsneworleans.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. Until we meet again around the table here at Commander's Palace, I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. Have a rice day. Have a beans and rice day. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. That was a good one.